and welcome to episode three of My Violet Tendencies with me, Marvelous Matt Nix. And I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, great. Here's another car podcast with uh, these three assholes sitting in the car uh, talking about nothing, driving somewhere. But let me just tell you that that is 100% what this episode's going to be. Um, this is uh, this is going to be the third podcast that we've recorded uh, on our trip uh, home from Florida uh, with myself, Chris Castro, and Craig Mitchell. And... Uh, this is an, this is another fun conversation because let me tell you like when you get when you get into a car with Craig and Castro you're gonna come up with some some interesting conversation and and yeah you'll hear some of that in, in just a little bit but uh, let me talk to you guys about a couple things coming up right now uh, this Friday night is freelance wrestling's event the good the bad and the smiley uh, let me tell you I'm super super excited for this show Um not that I'm not excited for every show because hey, it's my company. Um, but the, the man, this is every every show. It's like people are like, man, that was such a great show. Like, how are you gonna, how, you know, what are you gonna do for the next one? And and you know, I we have our plans and our storylines and stuff that we do. But like, this is another card that I'm like I'm very proud of, and and I know the, you know all the guys in the show are super good. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Smiley Kylie Ray finally getting her rematch against all ego Ethan Page for the Freelance World Championship. Uh, we got a Survivor Series style match with Isaiah and his his cronies and and uh, I Candy Elliott versus uh, Pat Monix, Joey Ryan, Effie, and uh, the Backyard Legend Alex Olson, uh, among amongst other matches. I mean, like I'm not gonna rattle off the whole card right now. If you want to go see that. If you want to get your tickets, you can still get your tickets right now at FreelanceWrestling.com. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, probably by the time you're hearing this, there will be no reserve seating left. That's right. We sold out of first row. We sold, we sold out of first row a while back, but we probably just sold out second row. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure because there was only like 10 seats left. But don't worry, because there are some GA tickets uh, with that you can get uh, a seat. It's first come, first serve. So um, other than that, you'll have to stand and uh, watch the show like everybody else. But don't worry, because you're going to have a great time. And uh, you're going to drink some beer, and you're going to scream and yell and, you know, cuss at people. Because that's what we do. Uh, another big thing that we got coming up here, uh, and it actually starts on Friday as well, is uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is going to be doing its annual Black Friday sale. And let me tell you how crazy this is going to be. So starting this Friday, November 22nd, at noon Central Time to December 1st, noon Central Time, you can get up to 40% off. Uh, on anything that you buy on Pro Wrestling Tees. It's, it's insane. Um, any order of the first day gets three wrestling cr- uh, collectibles by Pro Wrestling Crate. Um, any or- order over $100 gets a free signed 8x10 by a wrestling superstar. Uh, any order over $150 gets free domestic U.S. shipping. Uh, not only that, but it's 40% off Pro Wrestling Tees logo merch. 35% off Super Kicks high tops. 
30% off New Japan merchandise, 25% off AEW merchandise, and 20% off everything else. There's no coupon needed. You just put in anything you want in your in your fucking checkout and you just go. You just get you just get the savings. We're just giving you the savings. Um, and let me tell you, you know what you can use those savings for? You could buy yourself a freelance wrestling shirt. You could buy yourself a freelance wrestling hoodie. Uh, we got all kinds of different variants. There's the regular one, the you know Cubs one. We got a Bears one, Blackhawks. Uh, you want a Halloween one? We got that one too. But you know what you really, really, really want? You want yourself a Matt Nick shirt. I mean, maybe. You maybe want a Matt Nick shirt. But you can get a Matt Nick shirt on there as well. And you can also get... Because by the time this will be up, you will be able to get your very own My Violet Tendencies t-shirt. And uh, yeah, if you if you buy one of those t-shirts and you post a picture on it, about uh, post a picture of yourself with it, man, I can't talk. Um, yeah, I'll give you something for free. I don't know, but we'll talk about it. Uh, go check it out. Go buy some stuff uh, and enjoy the rest of this episode of us uh, dicking around in my car. Tell me your biggest fears, guys. Are you right now? <laughs> yeah. My biggest fear. So this is this is uh, uh this could be. Uh, this is episode three, of my Violet Tendencies. We <laughs> we're still in the car. We're still we're still driving home from Florida. This has been. This, this has is been, like, two minutes after we finished the last one. Shh, kayfabe, kayfabe. This is hours later. We're still on the road. <laughs> All right, episode starting right now. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're you know we're we're just we're we're fighting the urge to fall asleep at the wheel right now. Um, driving home from Fest Wrestling. Um, we just yeah we just did we just did a, uh, last week's episode. I guess you if you're listening in in order when these are posted, uh, we just did the, the episode of our like. Pretty much our, our our version of history of backyard wrestling. Uh, it was, I think that was such a really fun conversation. It was interesting, very nostalgic. It made me remember a lot of things I completely forgot about. Same. Um, it's funny. It actually leads right into what my like number one fear actually is. Yeah. So <laughs> let's start off with that. What is what is your biggest fear? One of my biggest fears is actually like completely like like. So it's, it's kind of like a stacked fear, but it actually holds a lot of weight to it. So the fear itself is, you know, like not accomplishing any kind of like foundation to my life. Like I'm kind of just like, I'm like doing things and I'm getting older and older. And then by the time I become a little bit too old, that I've like not actually created a base and I fail and I'm not equipped to like, like handle failure and I like die alone. That, that is was, such a that was fucking real depressing fear. <laughs> that was deep. Holy so shit. Think about it. So think of it this way. Let me let me analyze this. So like Please. I'm doing what I do now, right? I'm I'm doing my pro wrestling thing. I you know, I'm uh, I'm a head coach uh, at a weightlifting gym now. Um, I'm doing these things, they're great for me now. And then let's say like I don't create uh, a plan, like an exit plan. And I get older and I get older and I don't brace for this and then um, my plan doesn't pan out and there's no like safety net like if something happens to me and I fail 
and I have nothing to fall back on, like no retirement or like, you know, like anything. And then I just, I kind of just die alone. Like my family doesn't like, it's like, it's like you just lose everything. You know what I mean? That is a genuine, genuine fear of mine. Damn, I was just gonna say I'm I'm afraid of snakes, but that's fucking that's way worse. This is some real life shit right here. Well, think of it like that. Like <laughs> you 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 live your life right now. It's very narrow, right? And this is like uh, like my number one fear. I'm very narrow. I'm working really hard. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm grinding. But like, what happens if like all the grinding and all the hard work I'm doing right now is so it's so self centered to me that it alienates like the family I have and like they leave me and then I fail and I have no one it's like because then at that point in time let's say you fail years from now after you pass a certain age people don't feel sorry for you anymore nope you're an adult once you're like in your mid 30s or your mid 40s and you fail it's like man fuck you you're fucking done you know it's your fault like when you're like 25 and you fail people are like oh man like you know it's okay you know you could get out there again like but when you're in like your mid-30s and you fuck up and you lose everything it's just like you're just like in the street and people just walk over you you know and my number one fear is that i will i will age and fail later in life than expected and I will not be equipped to take that failure and I will be alone. God damn. Jesus Christ. Do you dwell on this every day? Yes. It's actually, um, and I know Amy probably thinks I'm out of my mind, but she does not understand. It's the reason I work so hard. Like, no matter what I was doing. So, like, when I was doing IT work or when I uh, was, like, owning a gym or... It's the reason I work so hard because... I have to, like, prove to myself that I'm, like, doing everything I can. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Real life fears. But it's funny. Inadvertently, by working I, extra hard, you actually neglect your family a lot. I feel I do. I feel bad for, like, am I bad for not feeling scared about that kind of stuff? No, like, no. It's actually, I don't, I, I think my fear actually creates the effect of it coming true, though. You know what I mean? Remember how we were talking about this earlier where if you like... Will it into existence. If you like will it to existence, yeah. Because there are... I am paralyzed by like the fear of that. That like I work so hard and I'm not home. Like right now, like I'm not home. Like I should be home. If that's my fear, I should be home like spending time with my family. But instead I'm like in a fucking car in Georgia driving. <laughs> yeah, but they, they want you to do the things you love, right? Yeah, but I also like before this trip happened worked like 50 hours you know what i mean yeah no i mean it's it's definitely like what's the word i'm looking for um you feel like sometimes you're you're like i i I get that idea like you, you feel like you're doing so much working so much working hard to try to provide for like you know in your case your family um and you just feel like sometimes it's not enough and you're just like what can i do to make this enough and and i can see that kind of driving you driving you crazy and you know you probably don't even realize that like you are doing enough you're doing so much for you know for your family and 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 
you care for them and you're you know working your ass off but they're like they they recognize what what you're doing for them and they they appreciate it more than than you could ever know oh yeah no and i think i think the reason it's a fear is because it's one of those things like you know when you think of a fear you're like oh, i'm not scared of the dark i'm scared of like you know deep water or like things like that like the reason this one's so vividly scary for me is because if it happens there's like there's like a sense of reality to it like where it's like oh shit like i've seen this i've seen this happen to people and like you don't help them so if you didn't help them who's going to help you yeah no i well welcome to the new podcast talking about your life with craig mitchell but if you're talking genuine fears, one of the scariest things, like, to me, that's, like, very, 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 very scary as well, is any type of animal that has no remorse. No remorse. Dude, snakes. Like, bears. Snakes have no remorse. Like, a bear. Like, any, any, like, you know the the Instagram, nature is metal? Oh, yeah, I'm very That's familiar. my fear. Oh, just these animals that are just fucking shit up? Like, they just don't give a shit. Like, any, because here's the thing. What separates us from an animal is the ability to reason, right? Like, I'm a fucking murderer, but, like, if I see that, like, you, you're worth something, I can, like, reason. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking, like, the bottom of the barrel murderer still has, like, an ounce of decency sometimes and can, like, reason. Like, ah, eh, maybe I maybe. shouldn't do this. <laughs> a bear, even the cutest bear on the planet, doesn't have any ability to reason with you. It, it looks at you and it goes... Yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. All it needs, all it knows, is survival. Yeah, and I think the heartlessness of survival, from a predator's standpoint, is the scariest thing on the planet. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and like, because you realize that like, as humans, like we are, like we think that we're the fucking top of the food chain, and and that you know that we're fucking invincible to these animals like so to speak not like literally but but any any dude any kind of fucking wild animal could just like fuck us up like if they wanted to just if they wanted to it's crazy at any point we could be just destroyed by any animal you know it's another fear i got a bunch of them but they're all like fear weird they're all weird these your fears yeah you know it's another fear and i guarantee here's the thing about my fears you might not be thinking they're your fear until I say it and then you're like oh fuck that's fucking terrifying you know what my fear is is no matter how good you live your life like you're the best person you can be you're a good worker you're a good husband you're a good boyfriend girlfriend whatever it is my number one fear associated to that is you are never very far away from accidentally killing somebody Jesus Christ. Seriously. <laughs> hear me out. So you're driving, right? Like I'm driving a car right now. And let's say I'm driving around the neighborhood and I'm, I'm a good person. I'm having a great day. Let's say I, you know, I pick Angelina up from school. We're fucking high five and she's having a wonderful day. And I look over to say something to her and I accidentally like run over a fucking 10 year old. And now I'm in prison for the rest of my life. Jesus Christ. I know it sounds insane. But, but that shit happens. That happens. That shit and happens. And it's, it's my fault. And now it doesn't matter how good of a person I am. 
because now I've taken someone's life by accident and I'm forever no a no redeeming quality. So I think the fear is layered there. It's doing something completely on an accident, but having the power of what you did to be so awful that all of your good qualities as a person are gone. That's yeah, fucking genuinely terrifying. So, you know, Castro's great, right? He's a good guy. You know, I have nothing wrong with Castro. But then, like, he's backing out of a parking spot. You know, maybe he had one or two drinks. Let's say he's having a good time. Everything's happening awesome. He's backing out of a parking spot, and he just fucking kills somebody. It's like, well, now what? Like, it's, it's a horrible tragedy. But he's not a bad person. He's not. He's always, my entire life, been a great person. But now... In this two seconds, all of it's gone. Isn't that terrifying? Your entire life is gone. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how how quickly your life can change in a, in a moment's notice. You know, for for good or for bad. I think it's completely in this in this conversation. This is completely different than you doing bad things and then getting caught for them. That's different. If you do shitty things but you act like a good person and then you get finally caught with your shitty things, you're still shitty. But if you're a great person and what made you a bad person in the eyes of others is a split second moment of weakness, that's kind of where I am, I am scared of that happening to me and therefore like feel for someone. Like I feel so bad for people that, their entire life is thrown away by like a moment of like irresponsibility. It's crazy. Um, but it just, uh, it just goes to show you how, how much we have to like, I guess I don't want to say like, I don't want to get sappy and be like, Oh, this, this is why we need to cherish the time that we have. But I mean, like it, it in, in, in the blink of an eye, like something like that could happen, you know? I bet everybody listening to this right now that is driving a car just got woke as fuck. Like, as soon as I said that, and like, staring straight stood forward. straight up in their seat. Yeah, we're talking about you. I mean, really, at the end of the day, what creates moments like that is even though if it's a second or an hour, it's a moment of carelessness. It is you. You taking a second away from paying attention. But I think that's genuinely scary to me because I know that I live every day trying to be a good person. And I have a lot to like live for. And it would be such a fucking bummer if everything I've ever worked hard for in my life to be taken away from a moment of like just not thinking, you know? Kester, what are you afraid of? <laughs> I'm afraid of tornadoes. Ever that, since I was a little kid, that's a that's a real thing. <laughs> uh, um, so I don't know what like triggered it. Maybe it was a movie Twister. But ever since I was young, great movie, and I would see a tornado like warning on the TV, because you'd always get that that warning on the cable channel or even like the local channel. I was like, meh, meh, and the little map of the county you're in would flash and then the, the text would roll across the screen this county this county this guy tornado warning oh i would piss myself if i would hear the sirens i would fucking come damn near cry i 
always thought that my town was turning into Silent Hill. <laughs> this was before <laughs> Silent Hill was a thing. And, and especially, like, watching the movie Twister. Oh, man. Just knowing that Bill Paxton was never going to be there to save you and tie his fucking Marshall Fields bell around a pole to save you. The thing is, when I saw that scene in Twister, it's like... I wonder if that would work, and I really want to try if no, it does. No, there's no way that would work. <laughs> what? A nice, genuine leather belt. Eh. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think that would hold you for some you know with some pipes. Listen, if that belt was American-made, damn right that thing will hold you through a twister. Ron White put it perfectly. It's not that the wind is blowing; it is what the wind is blowing. And in that situation, if you were able to somehow maintain connection to the poles, the shrapnel alone from what was being blown around in the tornado would kill you. It would shred you. It would destroy you. But nowadays, I would love to see a tornado because it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a natural disaster, but it's beautiful. Like, if you actually look at how a tornado moves and, well, not the destruction, I guess, but it's just like, that's the thing of nature right there. That huge, like, it's cloud, crazy. I guess, of dust. A force of nature. It's just, it looks, it's pretty looking. After this episode airs, Castro's leaving his job at Pro Wrestling Tees to become a storm chaser. I would love to. Go hang out with Wetterman Josh. Yeah. Oh, God. Follow Wetterman Josh on Instagram. You will not um, be disappointed. And if I want to get as dark as Craig has, has already have. Oh, fuck. Uh, not not as, as, as serious as, like, murdering somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bless you. Because <laughs> I already know someone who's, who's done that already, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I think one of my fears would be uh, not proving myself to like my family. Like I'm the second child. I have an older brother, seven years older, and uh, he's done a lot of his life. He's he's been pretty successful in his life. He is officially a uh, a police officer. He's actually had some realistic goals. He's he's accomplished his goals. He was in the army, army for a couple of years. He uh, left uh, uh, discharge honorably, I guess you can say. Like, he retired from the Army. Nothing wrong. Served his time. Got medals and everything. Me? Um, old life. Wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I'm doing it. And I'm just trying to prove to my family, like, yo, like, this is making me money. This is actually kind of successful for me. Like, it was not a pipe dream. Like, I'm doing it. I'm traveling. I'm doing what I love. I'm sure there's bumps in the roads with everything, but hey, I'm I'm still doing it. Yeah, I'm getting hurt, but I'm recovering from these injuries and I'm still doing it. I'm not quitting. Yeah, I'm getting hurt and I'm getting hurt. <laughs> but shoot, my brother got hurt and doing all the shit he did. My brother's back is permanently screwed because of boot camp. I know that. But shoot, he's he's still on his feet doing what he loves, and I'm still on my feet with my broken ass knee and my screwed up shoulder, and I'm still doing what I love. Hell but yeah. that's that's the one thing I want to like. That's one fear I have. It's not proving what I'm worth for what I'm doing, and, I, and it's cool that my father is seeing it now because he's become more accepting with it. A couple of years ago, if I would be making this trip, uh, he'd be ranting and raving like, "Oh, you're not even making money! Like, you're why are you even doing this for this?" Well, he still he was he would think I'd be just getting like twenty dollar payday, but when I'm coming home. And he's seeing how much I'm making, not for just wrestling, but for merch and everything. You know, he's actually happy for me. Yeah. And he's like, he's uh, he's looking forward to like when I get back and like just to tell him how like my, my trip was and how the experience was and like 
like, oh, was it a good crowd and everything? Or like, did you did you do good? I'm like, yeah. So it's a fear that's actually slowly going away because now it's like pretty. It's it's coming to like it's coming up that it's it's like you know this is real. Like I'm proving to my family like, yo, this is real. This is what I'm doing, and I'm trying to get better at it so I can actually make this into a living. And it kind of helps too that we were working where we work. Mm-hmm. Like rusting is 24/7. He sees that now. And he knows I'm having fun with it. He knows I'm happy. It's he, a booming business. Yeah. He, he sees that I'm happy at my job, and that's making him happy. Because he has, he's been working. He worked at a, a – shoot, he's been working factory jobs his whole life. Miserable. He was just making money, like getting by. He's just making his money. He, he retired. He's happy now. And for the fact that he's seeing me happy doing what I love – Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday. He's he's uh he's pretty good. That's awesome. I know. I just think about that, and I think like talking to my dad about wrestling, and he'll just be like, "You're a dumbass." <laughs> Not all the time. No, <laughs> my my parents are are happy. They're happy that that things are going well now in wrestling, and. They genuinely get excited, especially with me running my own company. They they're kind of a little bit more invested in it, uh, as far as like they're. It's not just me, like as my father likes to put it, dancing around in my underwear. It's uh, you know, an actual business now, and they're you know they're a little bit more like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, I think what you're doing now, and I think with the the way that freelance has kind of picked up a huge bit of steam over the last few years it's definitely changed your dad's perspective in wrestling because for sure that man did not see the value in wrestling when we were back at wrestling no not at all <laughs> neither <laughs> of my parents did Dude, yeah your family hated it no i mean look so it was very weird because like they would just be like like what are you doing like we would just do it in our in our basement or in our, in our backyard and stuff like that and they like they would bitch about it but like at no point did they ever say you cannot do this you can't wrestle you can't do backyard wrestling you can't do that here because they, they know you wouldn't listen well i mean yeah probably but even so like they were kind of just like okay they just assumed that, that that it was a fad you know a phase that i was going through in my life and then they're like okay well he'll probably just grow out of this at some point well unfortunately for them that never happened um but I think that that they they kind of like respect that though that 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 it's never something that like has kind of like been something that, that that's that I've moved away from you know like it's always been like my passion and, and something that I want to be a part of and you know I think deep down inside they kind of respect that a little bit. This is turning less from fears into overcoming fears. Overcoming our fears. This is fear cast. Um. <laughs> Let's let's change directions here. What is the most genuinely terrifying thing that's ever happened to you? Hmm. Most genuinely terrifying thing that's ever happened to you. Um. Honestly, I would have to say, like, the first thing that comes to mind, like, the, you know, without thinking, is when I when I wrecked my car, uh, and I got into a car accident. It wasn't even a bad. Like, I wasn't going that fast. I just, I kind of, like, rear-ended a, a fucking semi-truck, and it, like, it it totaled the vehicle. It, it crushed the whole front. Um, and it, like, it was 
it was jarring and it was scary and like I when it happened like it took me like a good 30 30 to 45 seconds before I realized that I was even okay like it like nothing was registering in my brain and uh it was super super scary I think I don't know I think my my first crazy car accident was the worst I think it was like jarring as well mainly because like it happened like so fast like and I, I'll never forget it like literally was like the craziest thing like I was in the left lane on that 111th stretch like the actually it was the Ridgeland stretch between 115th and 111th you know what I'm talking about over by where I am oh, oh yeah. yeah so I crossed 115th in the left lane and made a switch to the right lane and the car that was in the right lane was stopped but with like his lights off so you couldn't even see him couldn't even see him and I changed lanes going 40 miles an hour and just all white knuckle bam right into the back of him Jesus Christ hit him like he was in his car too he just stopped he stopped his car he turned his car off and everything was trying to call somebody in the middle of the lane yeah straight in the lane and uh, Maybe I hit his him. car died. I, I, there's no, there was no, um, I remember the cop, the cop was like, this is nuts. He's like, you are so, like, I, I hit him going 45 miles an hour and didn't touch the brakes. Jesus Christ. And when I got out of the car, he, uh, my car was on his, like it was up on his car. And then I separated my car from him. Like, he's like, can you, we got to get our cars apart. He was unhurt. I don't know how the fuck he wasn't hurt at all. And you were unhurt as well? I thought I wasn't hurt, but my knees were, like, bleeding and shit, and my wrist was all fucked up, but, like, I didn't feel anything. I was so, like, much adrenaline. And I got our cars unhooked, and he took off. You ran? What? He ran. He didn't have insurance. Holy shit. And what was wrong with his car? I think he got, like, a flat or something like that, but he just took off. And this dude pulled up next to me and was like, dude, he ran. He's like, you want me to get him? And I'm like, get his license plate or something. And he took the fuck off. And the Worth police officer got there. And he was, like, looking at my car. And then, like, he could see parts of his car. And he knew, like, like that I did not stop. And he's like, I don't know how you got out of this fucking car. Like, my car looked like a pop can. Jesus Christ. And I called Amy. And I'm like, Amy, I'm, I was in a car accident. And uh, you need to come here and, like, I just need you to get here. I was supposed to go meet with her. Like, literally, like, we were going to the same place together, but I was behind her. And the irony of the situation, I had just picked my car up from the shop and got the brakes fixed. Damn. Didn't use them, then. Didn't even use them. Dude, it was crazy. I literally, like, the day before, was on a wrestling show with you, Nick. And remember, I remember telling you I got this new Discover credit card. I literally remember, I was like, hey, I got a new Discover card. I'm like, because I was talking about, like, I was starting to get credit cards. I remember I was like, I just got this Discover credit card. And I went the next day and got my brakes fixed. And I used the Discover card because I was like, oh, I'll build my credit with this card. Literally paid for the brakes, got into a car accident, like, five minutes after leaving the shop. Like, I left the shop, called Amy, and was like, yeah, I'll meet you. We were going to meet at, like, Export or something like that. Got into the car accident. Called her. It was like, hey, I got into a car accident. You need to come meet me. But I was super calm. And, like, I never, ever call her that way. And she answered. I was like, Amy, I was in a car accident. She's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be there in a few minutes. Like, are you okay? I'm like, fine. 
She gets there, sees the car. I'm no, I'm nowhere in sight because I'm, like, talking to the cop off to the side. And, like, my car is completely totaled. Like, it did not drive. You could not roll it. They had to, like, boost it onto the back of one of those, like, Walsh trucks. God. And then um, they took me to the police station. I did all the shit. So the next day I couldn't get to work. And I'm, like, all fucking shook up about driving. I borrowed Amy's car because I needed to get to work. Got into a car accident the next day. Holy shit. But not me. Like, I, I literally was driving, like, 10 and 2, like, fucking terrified. Like, like traumatized from, like, the imagery of, like, changing lanes, seeing a car coming at me so fast and not being able to do anything about it. And then the feeling of red from my lights up against his bumper. And then the airbag hitting me in the face. Like, I was just so fucked up from that. And then I'm at a stoplight on the same road. Did I ever tell you this? No. I'm at a stoplight on the same exact spot where I got into a car accident. Like, my car is still on... Like, my car has still got pieces on the road. Like, it's like less than 24 hours I got into this car accident. And I'm sitting at that red light, and someone behind me was, like, arguing and then, like, playing with their dogs at the same time, wasn't paying attention, rear-ended me in Amy's car. Jesus Christ. And I Your called, insurance is probably like, what the fuck? What was Amy's insurance for that? And I called Amy, and I'm like, Amy? And she's like, what? And I'm like, I got into another car accident. And she's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm like, there's no damage to your car. I'm like, someone rear-ended me. She's like, I'll be there in like five minutes. So like, someone from her work like drove over there. No damage to the car. Like, it was just like a fender bender kind of thing for them. But it was just crazy. It happened in the same street. Less than 24 hours apart, like, within the same, like, it was, you know what I mean? It was just so weird. I was like, I'm not driving anymore. I literally, for, like, the next two weeks, didn't drive. I just got, like, Ubers and, like, like rides to work. You go to that intersection to this day at all? Oh, yeah, I, it. I literally pass that intersection every single day. But if I have the, uh, like, if I have the option, I don't like to usually go that way. Yeah, I can imagine. But it's, it's nuts. It was like back to back. And then that car that I replaced and got the car that I'm driving right now, that car I ran into the back of a school bus. Oh, my God. You have a, the worst luck with vehicles. How did you manage to do that? So I was going to work, and the bus driver didn't have any kids in the bus. And I was not going fast. I was not going – I was maybe going 20 miles an hour. And the bus, like, stopped to make a right. But he made the turn, like, so fucking slow. Like, it was an old-ass man. And I know, shouldn't have been following closely, but I wasn't following closely. I was unbelievably far behind this bus. But he made the turn, like, you know someone makes a turn, and then they, like, you can, like, almost judge how long it's going to take for them to make the turn. He, like, started turning and then stopped. So then I tried to, like, go around him, but I was still kind of, like, at that point, racked up a little bit of distance. So I tried to get around him and just clip my front end on the back of the bus. But the bus was so big and the angling was perfect, it wrecked and cracked my motor in half. That, like it went up my hood and cracked my like my block in half. And that's like that's, and then my that's car, 100% total. Basically, my car had enough energy to stay in drive and drive across the street to Payless Diner. Across the street from Stag High School. And then it died. It just flushed everything out into the fucking road. 
Oh my god! All your fluids and stuff. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Like, and I remember just sitting there, just going, "Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me!" It was such a slow pace car accident. It wasn't like a "Oh my god!" like airbag went off. It was literally like 15 miles per hour. Ah, god damn it! And then I hit the back of the fucking bumper. God. And it almost felt like it was happening in slow motion too, right? It literally did happen in slow motion because it was 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah. Shit. But I think the the idea of like looking like into the back of something as you fly up behind it and hitting it is fucking traumatizing. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, let's get off of car accident talk <laughs> while we're driving back home from Florida. Uh, fast wrestling Gainesville. Uh, I don't really want to talk about our matches because let's face it, the the, the time that this is going to go up, it's going that that happened weeks ago. It happened weeks ago. But did you guys have a good time, Castro? This is your first time at Fest Wrestling. What did you What did you think about Fest? This was amazing. I've always heard about Fest. Me and my friends were really big in the music scene always talked about hey you know maybe one year we'll go to fest just for the heck of it like let's just do it do it up and for the just a moment like the opportunity to go to fest to wrestle oh dude amazing it's like a dream come true it sucks that we couldn't see any bands or we didn't have the opportunity to do so but the, for the fact that we actually went to fest how many years have they run fest shoot uh, at least 10 I think yeah like I've always known about it. Isn't this Fest 18? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. This is uh, information that I do not have. <laughs> At least handy to me that I can look up right now. It was fun, though. A lot of fun. Really cool people. I actually knew two people there already. That people that weren't wrestling. Pe- pe- yeah, people that weren't wrestling. I actually got... Uh, a band from our area played Fest. And What's the name of this band? The, the Studs. The pretty, Studs. Pretty cool punk band. Punk rock band. Uh, the lead singer went to high school with him. Big wrestling fan. Came and c- c- the show. This lady that I know from working at Pro Wrestling Tees, because she's been in the shop a couple times. Hey, lady. Was there. I, I, uh, our locker room was in the balcony. I saw her from the locker room. My messenger was like, hey, is that you? She's like... Oh my God! Are you here? And I was like, Yeah, look above the ring. And I cheersed her like my my uh, can of uh, what was that? What was that water called? Liquid death. <laughs> Liquid death. And she tried. It was, she, it was good. It was great water. It was great. It was great water. And then I just came down there. And we hugged it out and talked about everything. And like, oh, she's like, Did you rust it? I'm like, No. And uh, it was just that was pretty cool. Just fast was a you good. Run into people. Yeah, fast was a good experience. It's like I was telling you guys earlier on the way down here. Uh, Kyle, chief of beef. Uh, first time I met him was at Fest a couple of years ago, maybe maybe two years ago, and uh, we just talking, hanging out in mid conversation. He kind of just brings up the fact that he's from also from Chicago, and I'm like, wow, how did I, how I've never, how have I never met you when we both are from the same city? And now you know he's a good friend of ours, so it's pretty wild. And and again, it, it, it's likened to the days of. Of backyard wrestling, a lot of these people we see on shows all over the place, um, and it's really cool to kind of like just hang out in this very like low key venue, and 
you know, there's fucking bands playing in between like these blocks of the show, and it, uh, it's just a good time, man. They take care of us there too. Like like he said, a lot of a lot of free liquid death uh, canned water. Insane. It was Mountain water. So much of it. Mountain water. Cleanest water I've ever tasted from a can. It was very good. Great water. I think it was the uh, the main thing about the show was that it actually stuck to the times. Insane. Shoot, some uh, matches uh, actually went under. They went under time. Way under time. So anybody that wrestles for freelance wrestling right now. Take fucking uh, notes. They finished on time. You fucking Ego. The show ended early, actually. It's unreal. And there were 80 fucking people on that show. It's, you think I'm kidding? You're not kidding. He's not kidding, folks. There was a lot of there was a lot of bodies in the show. There was. It opened up with a. I love how we. I was like, oh, we're not going to talk about the show, but then we proceeded to just talk about everything about the show. Um. There was like intergender battle royal that started inter- the show off. Intergender battle royal, um, that went for about twenty to thirty minutes. Actually, very entertaining. It was. It was being pitched as like a clusterfuck, but it was actually a very entertaining battle royal. Joey Ryan that- dick flipped somebody off the balcony onto a bunch of people. It was crazy. And apparently, this battle royal saved twenty minutes. They went twenty minutes under. Insane. Yeah. And then it was good because then the band that got to play got to be more comfortably spotted. And then the show did not go over as far as, like, the crowd was hot the whole time through. Even when I fucked up in my match, they were still there. <laughs> they didn't they even were, notice. They were hot for everything. Uh, and they had, like, a redeeming uh, feel to them where, like, it was kind of like... It was on a match-by-match basis. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, exhausted from a match that went... You know, very very crazy as opposed to a match that maybe didn't do as much. They were just kind of into the match as the match happened. So, like they were not looking for anything particularly. They were just looking to be entertained. They just wanted to have a good time. Yeah, and I think that was good. I think it's the main difference between a like straight wrestling crowd as opposed to like this is a night out or this is like oh, this, this is, is part of something else. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so they opened up with the battle royal. It was crazy. Uh, then a band played. It was also crazy. Uh, and then they had four four triple threat matches. Or sorry, sorry, four fatal four-way matches. Or five of them. I don't remember. Uh, but I think the winners of all those matches went on to face each other in the main event. Um, that is correct. And then there was another band that played. And then there was a... The, le- the third block of the show was a 75-minute time limit, 14-team gauntlet tag match. That Castro and I were involved in, and uh, and it was really fun. We had a we had a good uh, some good matches. Uh, the crowd we, we eliminated one team, and then you guys were. And then we got then we got got, then we got got, and then we then we dipped the fuck out and went to the restaurant uh, to get food, and then the food took an hour to come out. The name of that restaurant was Mother, but they should Mother. rename their restaurant to Motherfucker because they pretty much mo- they mother. Hard. Mother, can you take your food out too late? <laughs> and then it doesn't really taste too great. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. That's a lie. The food was incredible. The food was pretty good. The food was great. The, the mac weight, and cheese. The weight. Oh, my God. Fuck. It was... Uh, I think it took almost 10 minutes to get a table that was already there. It just needed to be cleaned off. Just needed to be cleaned. And then it took an hour plus just to get the shit to, like, to the table. It was it was, it was madness. A very... It sounded like we ordered fucking lobster tails or something. <laughs> It no. was fucking burgers. And burgers mac and, and wings and wings. fucking mac and cheese. That's Yeah, it was... Uh. But I my, You know what my number one fear is? I'm going to be fucking working at a bar like that. Oh, uh, no. Just constantly disappointing folks. You'll end up killing someone before you do that. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just like... That poor waitress. Nah, fuck her. Oh. Poor um, girl. But yeah, now we're you know we're back in the car. We're on the way home. Um, it was a fun trip. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. We enjoyed the good weather. We got yeah, we got to enjoy a little bit of good weather. Uh, back home in Chicago, we had left uh, two days after Halloween uh, to drive down here, and it, it snowed on Halloween. It was snowy and cold and gross, and I hated it. And it I'm like, why can't terrible. we have a normal fall? Why do we have to go right into snow? And it's weird because last year's Halloween was perfectly fine, nice. I think like in the nah, 60s. it was cold. Nah, not that bad. But not snowing cold. No, not, co- not snowy cold, but it was still cold. How crazy is it? We left Florida. It was 75 degrees. It is 39 degrees right now. We are in the middle of Georgia. Are we still in Georgia? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. But it was a great trip. We enjoyed a great, uh, great professional wrestling event. We got to see a lot of friends. We got to eat some great food. We got to eat Spinelli's Pizza from day one till day now. Spinelli's! Shout out to Spinelli's Pizza in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, great, great pizza. Um, I almost forgot we did that. That feels like that feels like so long ago. Forever ago. I feel um, like I don't even know what like my family looks like. We've been going so long. But uh, um, I think that's that's a good wrap on this one. Uh, anything else you guys want to add here at the end of our, our trip? Because I'm sure we're, I don't think we're going to record anymore on this fucking car ride because I don't want to buy batteries again. Is, is there a big fear that you want to share, Nick, since Craig uh, did his big fear that he experienced? I mean, I was just saying snakes, man. Snakes? Snakes are just... They, dude, I just can't do snakes. Is it scarier if they are on a plane? <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you guys remember snakes on a plane, snakes on a train, snakes on my head, snakes in my bed? <laughs> I do not like these snakes out there. I do not snake do not like snakes anywhere. I do not like them on the road. I do not like them with a toad. Oh I do not God. like these snakes out there. Please keep them away from me. You know what? It's funny. Like I can't hear snakes without thinking about Stevie for some reason. Because I just always remember him like calling people snakes. Well, and like I think that has like elaborated on the idea of like I'm not scared of the person, or I'm not scared of the animal. I'm more scared of the people that are snakes. They are venomous as well. So when you said you're scared of snakes, it hit deep because it could be anybody. I feel that, given my my answer a little bit more of a deeper meaning. You know what scary moment I had. I wish to never live ever again. Dislocating your fucking shoulder? No, no, that wasn't bad. Well, it sucked. It hurt. <laughs> but fucking... Well, shh. 
It's not getting started on we'll this. That's a different episode. Well, yeah, we'll do a whole episode talking about that <laughs> night alone because, goddamn. <laughs> That's my favorite story you never told. Um, remember when I uh, burst a hole in my lung? Oh, yeah, oh, your yeah. bronchitis. Yeah, I was just uh, fresh. You texted me and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. But if anything bad happens to me, I love you. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know what's going to happen. Because I was, like, scared, confused. I'd never, like, experienced, like, this kind of pain before and just not getting the answers. But uh, I was freshly diagnosed with bronchitis. And then later that week, I was I coughed so hard in my sleep that I, uh, I, I guess I bursted some, like, air sac in my lung, which caused a hole in my lung to happen. So, uh air was leaking out into my chest cavity into my esophagus so at some points i would talk normally at some points i talk like dark vader and then it was just hard to breathe like i was in the most that is the worst pain i experienced in my life this worse than the shoulder shoulders a very close second but this i was in just tremendous pain i mean i had a hole in my lung a fucking Jeez. a hole in my lung that does not feel good like i was at I remember at 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, I'm just like wheezing, like, <gasps> like my inhaler wasn't really doing anything, I was just in pain, I was trying to sleep it off, like, I just couldn't do it anymore, I literally, this is when I was still living with my, my dad, I went into his room, I shook him up, I walked, I was like, you have to take me to the hospital, like, something is wrong with me, like, I can't breathe, I can't, I, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, to find out, like, they took x-rays and everything. Like, yeah, you have a hole in your lung. Your lung was ready, like, to collapse. And I'm like, that's that's bad. They had to get me, like, steroids. That's they, bad. They had to put me on a breathing treatment machine. They, they threw me on some oxygen. I was in the hospital for, like, two, three days. And because of that, I had to miss, like, two, three weeks of work. Doctor's Oof. orders. It was, like, the most experience, scary, experience, scary experience ever because I wasn't getting, like, answers for, like, two hours, two, three hours. Until they finally took me to, like, an x-ray room. And I was getting patched up and getting all these injections. It's not me. Like, this didn't happen to me. But did you ever hear the story about when Sylvester ruptured his spleen? Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard this story. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard about this story, Nick? Uh, I may have heard parts of it, but go ahead and, and explain this for okay, the listeners. Okay, so I'm sure he can explain it better. But this is what I gathered from it. It is fucking terrifying so remember how we talked in the backyard wrestling episode about how we would do these pop-up shows and we would wrestle in the winter so Mm -hmm. we did one of these shows in the winter and um it was like one of the yards we like barely wrestled at ironically enough it's one of the shows i did not make it to so i seen there is some footage but uh besides the point so it was one of those like places we would wrestle at that like we could easily have a show mm-hmm. but it didn't have to be a big show and like we used to do these weekly shows called dynasty for bwf back in the day so um it was snowing it was like fucking like 10 degrees it was really bad but they had a show anyways and uh sylvester wrestled i think he wrestled chris x i could be wrong but basically in the match uh, Sylvester doing what he always does. Sylvester used to have a uh, he used to do a 360 shooting star press, and uh, which is like at the time it was a standing one. No, running. He was oh, running well, yeah. to do it, and but uh, not off the top of it. Yeah, oh yeah, no, like he did it on the ground, and like he would do it often. It was like 
it, you didn't even think anything of it. Like, if he were to honestly do it a hundred times, I would imagine a hundred times he would not get hurt. It was just movie would do all the time. He uh, was told, like, I like I probably wouldn't do that. Like, someone told him, like, I, you probably shouldn't do that, and he did it anyways. And uh, when he did it in the air, he, like, lost his rotation, and he came down on his side and just landed as hard as he fucking could. Like, like from what I'm gathering, it was, like, the hardest he could physically land on the ground. Like, in I guess, like, the way he landed, very flush to the ground. And uh, immediately, Pran hit in the ground, lost the wind. Uh, they rolled him up and pinned him, and then they just ended the match right there, and he, had, he, he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes his gear off. He goes home. He's not really feeling well. He's actually feeling like he's like, like gonna black out or whatever. Um, he gets back to because he was staying with Rockin at the time, and he ends up like trying to take a nap to sleep it off. And I guess he had like, com- like somehow he had communicated to his dad that he had been hurt, and I guess his dad started to make his way over to the house to meet him. And Sylvester's sleeping. The bell goes off for his dad to get there. He gets up, he buzzes his dad in, and then he passes out. So if he, um, let's say he would have passed out premature to this, um, there would have been no way. Well, yeah, so that's what actually, what came to be what happened. He woke up, was in so much pain, but he managed to get up and buzz his dad in. And he, um, he buzzes him in, he collapses. His dad finds him. They get him to the hospital, and he had massive, like, internal bleeding, and he ruptured his spleen. They said it was, like, the worst. Like, they said, like, there's no way, like, you ruptured your spleen falling the way he did because it was just such a bad, uh, it was such a bad injury. Like, they said that it looked like he had been fucking slammed, like, mercilessly. Um, (laughs) But I guess from the torque of the shooting star press, I don't know. But he was basically dying. And if he wouldn't have woke up when he woke up to have his, like, dad come over or whatever, uh, Sylvester would have fucking died in his sleep for sure. That's fucking terrifying. It's crazy. So, think about that next time you fucking throw a shooter in the beginning of your match or whatever. (laughs) Yikes. Well, to not end this on a fucking downer note... (laughs) Uh, Craig, tell us something funny. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I usually am like, oh, <laughs> oh, um, no, I'm not gonna say that on the podcast. Uh, I did check an old man. I did uh, catch an old man staring at your girlfriend's ass today at the, the Flying Jays. <laughs> really? Yeah. The. <laughs> He was, uh, it wasn't even like a casual one either. He was just straight staring down at it as if it was going to start speaking to him. And then I told her about it and she's like, oh, like she, like she reacted like the opposite. Like I expected her to be more repulsed. She was more like, oh, that old man. I'm assuming she's like, oh, it was like, I'm at work. That's what she yeah, said. Yeah. It's, it's an everyday thing. Ugh. see, no, I don't, I don't ever catch anybody staring at my ass. I stare at your ass all the time. Oh, really? (laughs) It was just funny. He just, like, staring down. And it actually, like, led me to believe, like, God, there's a lot of creeps in this world. 
Uh, yeah. Hiding the fact, like it's obvious too, and he's just looking at it, just looking straight down, like just locked on. Ugh. <laughs> oh, I also found out that Flying J's is pilot. Really? Yeah, they're they're like the same. It's like Panera Bread and St. Louis Bread Company. Yeah, it's pretty much. Interesting. So like Interesting. that like kind of makes me feel better because I was really really upset that their logos are that similar. You're just like, what the fuck? I know. Every time I'm coming in to think it's a pilot, because pilot is, even though they're the same, it's superior somehow in my head. Um, it's like Trader Joe's and Aldi. Flying J sounds like a really shitty indie wrestler. Flying J sounds really bad when you say it a ton of times. Welcome to Flying J. So the lady, when, it, when we go into Flying J's, every single person that came in the door, she would welcome them. But you could tell that she had been doing it all day. So, like... She's very over it. Like, welcome to Flying J. Turned into, like, what a Faba J! Like, it literally just <laughs> sounded like a fucking jumble of nothing. Welcome to Flying J. Welcome to Faba J. I thought she was calling the dude who walked in by his name. Yeah. I thought his name was Dashe. Yeah. She I did. thought she was like, what's up, Dashe? Talking to everybody that Welcome to Faba J. Like, it sounded fucking, like, nonsense. Everybody would like look at her this confused look. Every person that got greeted was like, "What the hell?" I don't did think they understood. I don't think they understood what she was saying, and like, to me, it took me a couple of times to realize. I was, I was like, "Damn, dude! Like, she knows everybody that's walking in here." Like, no, she don't know nothing. She didn't know nothing. She didn't even lift her head up to look. Like, no, she said, "Welcome to Flying J." Twice to the same person. Someone came in, went back out the door to grab something, and came back in. She welcomed them twice. That's insane. I can't even imagine having a job that monotonous yeah that's that's one of those jobs that like oh boy it takes a fucking piece out of you working like the midnight shift at flying jays flying jays all right well i think we went on a little bit long enough on this one (laughs) uh this was a very interesting episode um a lot of emotional emotions coming out this one another hour God damn. So, uh, you guys, this is literally just like the podcast for the first three weeks. It's just us in the car talking. So, thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you so much for for helping me get some content for this fucking podcast. I, def- I definitely want both of you guys on again, like in, in, a, in a sit-down role. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Um, oh yeah, it could be way more comfortable than me standing while I'm driving this car. No. <laughs> 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 uh, anything you guys want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, you can find me online. Craig X Mitchell, I believe, is some of my social media. Otherwise, just Craig Mitchell. I uh, I wrestle sometimes. You can find me on there. You can find me online. Kostropolis on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you really want to support me, uh, com slash Chris Castro. Buy yourself a shirt. Helps me out pay the bills. And yeah. King of Chicago style. One of my shirts has a hot dog on them, and I know you want it. You Buy want, it. It's my bestseller. You want his wiener in your mouth. And I mean hot dog wieners. Castro makes good hot dogs. Uh, f- follow me. Uh, you can you can follow me. I'm not telling you to do anything, if you want to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Matt Nix. I think it's the same on Instagram now too. Uh, I think I just have them as the same thing. Uh, follow the show. 
I imagine if you're listening to this, you already do. But if you don't, follow us on Twitter at my violet my violet podcast, um, and just keep uh, keep keep your eyes open for any more episodes that are coming out, and uh, maybe some video stuff on the YouTube channel and and whatnot. I don't know. Uh, but thanks again. Thanks for listening. This has been my Violet Podcast. Oh shit! I just fucked up the name of my own show. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> take two. <laughs> take two. This has been my Violet Tendencies with marvelous Matt Nix and Chris Castro and Craig Mitchell. Uh, Nicole is still asleep. Uh, Bye. Uh,